Hello, and welcome to my first episode of Wine Tales. Before we get things started, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. My name is KJ Ivany. I'm an author and a wife, a mother, a blogger, a writer, an islander, former runner, and most importantly, a wine drinker. I have three children who are adults now, and one sassy, feisty little silky terrier named Maggie. And she she rarely leaves my side, but for these episodes, I've kept her out because she will bark and howl and, and wonder why I'm talking to myself. I live in the beautiful city of St. John's, Newfoundland, on the edge of the East Coast, where the wind blows and the drinks flow. So true. For those mainlanders, I have a bit of a Newfoundland accent, and when I remember, I will try to tame it down or uh, try to substitute a more appropriate word, but I think you'll get the gist without me having to do that, so I think it's fine. As a reminder, this podcast tends to swerve on the bit of the trashy side, so for you moms out there, if you have small children, um, I recommend they not be in the same room. Uh, They should be off somewhere with Peppa Pig or with another, you know, activity that's more suitable for their age. Um, As mentioned, I am a self-published author. My books are a labor of love. My first one is False Hope. It's set in the 1980s. It's the first of a trilogy and it's a romantic suspense. So it's it's a really lovely little, it's not too long. It's a great book. Um, I'm in the throes of writing the second uh, sequel to it. It's called False Witness, and I'm hoping to have that done by December of this year. My uh, second book, Kevin, Murder Beneath the Pines, is a mystery slash psychological thriller, and it takes place in Maine, and it deals with a beast and a murder and a cool detective named Ian Glenn. You can find these books on Amazon or anywhere where you buy ebooks. They are also in paperback form. So I'm glad that uh, you've joined me today. And now that the housekeeping's done and the windows are all shiny, we can get started. So, episode one, welcome. Our first thing is first, at the top of every episode, I'm going to be giving wine consumption updates. These are little updates and blurbs about important stuff like how much wine has been consumed over the week or month or, you know, maybe a couple of days. Depends on what's happening in my world. So, I'm going to give a little uh, name of the wine and a little review. No worries. If you're not a wine connoisseur, I'm not really a connoisseur either, but I know what I like. And as long as it's red and it's in a bottle, I'm pretty good to go. If you're more of a white wine gal or Prosecco or the expensive wine stuff, that's all good too. We gals got to have something to numb our realities. And let's let's face it, we deserve a break. So my first wine, because I have two, it's been a week, right? Um, Baron Philippe de Rothschild Cabernet Sauvignon. 2019 it was a pretty good year and it's not bad actually I like it it's not too strong it's kind of smooth um not bad you should give it a go the other wine I was trying was Rosemount Estate uh diamond label Shiraz 2016 it's a south from South Australia this one is really good uh I bought a big bottle because I was sharing it with some ladies and you know almost all of it's gone so I think we all agreed on on that wine as well so those are two ones you can give a try the next time you're at the liquor store or wherever you buy your wine now I was telling you uh I wanted to tell you about the ladies group I belong to I live in St. John's 
Newfoundland and I've lived here for 17 years in the same neighborhood. We've not moved from here. There's 10 families that we kind of hang around together and who've also lived in the same neighborhood. And between us, we have 28 kids. Yeah, 28 kids, all of us, between us. That's why we ladies drink. Um, do you know how many juice boxes that is between 28 kids? Scraped knees, runny noses, broken nose, broken bones, mysterious rashes, questioning parenting techniques in the ultimate spotlight tournaments. We have seen all of that stuff. And since 2006, we as a group of ladies have been getting together every second Sunday um, to drink. And it's every, every second Sunday night. And there's a reason for that. Originally, it was because we started watching the show Desperate Housewives. Remember that show? Oh my God, that was such an interesting show. I'm not going to say it was great, but we watched it for the simple fact that we got into the characters and we thought they were hilarious. Brie, we we actually have one of our ladies in the group. We call her Brie because she's got a little OCD happening and she's sweet, 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 but she, she likes things clean and done a certain way. Only I think Brie in the in the Desperate Housewives show was a murderer, was she not? She was really wicked. Anyway, Arbury is not wicked. There's Crazy Susan, remember? And she was married to that guy. Can't remember his name for the life of me. But everybody loved him. Gabby and Carlos, that was a pair. Lynette and her lame husband. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he always seemed so whiny. And, and I really didn't like him. We watched an episode uh, every Sunday, and we brought... Uh, we would record an episode and watch a live episode. So we actually will watch two episodes every second Sunday because we want to catch up. And that was back in the day when we had to take a CD. So we record the episode on a CD and whoever's turn it was would take the CD to the other person's house because we would trade hosting details. And uh, it was great. We still do it. Um, we would take turns hosting it at somebody's house. So we all live in the same neighborhood. So we could drink and eat and then just stumble home. And, you know, 17 years later, we still do that. Now we go to each other's house. We have an official um, schedule, our DH schedule that D makes up. And she does a great job. We take an account for birthdays and holidays. And if your day lands on a holiday, we make sure that, you know, it's okay with everybody if we show up, you know, with our wine glass and say, hey, fill it up or not. But because of COVID, we had to postpone our DH meetings. And we had them done virtually, which wasn't as fun. Um, I think we did it once or twice, and we just kind of said, oh, it's not, it's not the same as going over to somebody's house and seeing them in person. So we, uh, we kind of put that on hold until we were able to get together. And we've been able to do that now the past few times. We've just organized another schedule. We've just uh, managed to get together. And uh, so that's fun. And we have a newsletter um, that I do. Um, I try to do now once a month. It's called Hood Ornament because it's about the neighborhood. And I just put together a nice little logo. So it's very exciting. It's a lot of fun. Uh, all the kids, all 28 of them are mostly grown. We just had a few graduations in the neighborhood the past week. So we have a few that have graduated high school, a few on their way to graduating high school. And my son just graduated university. He's a young, my youngest. So I have... My oldest daughter is 28, she's a nurse, and my middle daughter is 26, and she's working in insurance, and my son is going on to do his master's. And so everybody's children are younger than mine, 
I'm the oldest, and uh, we all kind of continue on. We are friends and the best of the neighborhood. We've done block parties, um, which were epic episodes. They had they don't do them anymore because we got really exhausted after doing all the block parties. That's a lot to an organ to organize that. So, once our kids grew up, we decided that it would be maybe somebody else's turn to take that on, but nobody has actually done it. So. We're kind of disappointed, but we just can't do it anymore. We do girly trips or ladies trips. So we've been on um, three trips and a half. I'll say a half because we just went a couple of weekends ago to a resort for somebody's turning 50th. Frankie was just her birthday. She turned 50. So we all headed out there and uh, brought food and cake and celebrated. And, you know, of course, the wine and uh, had a great time. We had so much food too much food we had I think somebody took a picture of all the chips we had because it was just ridiculous amount of food we had but it was a lot of fun we've all remained really good friends and really good neighbors and family and I hope wherever you are you live in a place where you can call your neighbors your family too because it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to live in a neighborhood where you have families and you have friends and you can get together without being judged on your sweatpants that has grape juice stains or, or baby vomit all over your shirt. Because who wants that? So um, I want to tell you about the trip we took from our DH ladies. There was nine of us. And in 2012, we celebrated somebody's 40th birthday. It was Dee's, and she's the organizer of the schedule, the keeper of the sketch. She turned 40 in 2012, and we decided we were going to go on a cruise. So we all headed out on um, the Norwegian princess, I think it was called Pearl, the Pearl. I don't know, I can't remember the name of the ship, but man, they probably don't forget us. We, we had an epic trip. We did tours in most of our ports. One of them was Jamaica, and we went to Duns River Falls and Mystic Mountain. And I don't know if you've ever done those um, excursions when you start traveling again. Be sure to check them out. They're really a lot of fun, but... Um, you know, some ports we just sat on our asses and on the beach and drank, which is an important thing to do. But the excursion to Mystic Mountain was one that I won't forget. I <laughs> I went on a ski lift and I'm not, you know, great on heights, but it was it wasn't the ski lift that, that sent me over the edge. It was a kitty ride that I did before that at Disney. And I don't know if you've ever been to Disney, it was called Soren, and I had a panic attack on Soren. I don't know if it's possible how you have a panic attack on a kiddie ride, but I managed to do that. So I'll have to, in order to tell you about Jamaica, I have to tell you about Disney. So I'm going to go back to Disney in 2009. Um, Bestie's family, she has her husband and her two kids and my family decided we're going to go to Disney. We had never been to Disney. We had never taken our kids there before. So we thought, wow, that would be an awesome experience. It'll be great. Let's go. So we rented a house in Orlando, bought the Disney tickets, decided, yes, let's go. All our kids were really small then. Um, youngest was three. So we said, this will be a hoot. Let's go. So we, we search for sun and fun as much as possible because we live in Newfoundland. And when the sun shines here, you always get gale force winds with it. It's never, it's never you get sun and no wind. It's if the sun comes, the wind comes with it. 
So it's, it's, it's a chore to have a really nice calm day. So when you go, when we have the opportunity to go south or go to Florida or go somewhere where it's warm, we actually, we, we absolutely take that chance and take that opportunity. COVID put a kibosh on that, but I'm hoping that will end soon. Um, so Soren, we decided we're going to go. It was really hot that day. We decided, hey, let's go inside for some air conditioning. It looks like a nice little simple ride. The kids will love it. Yes, the kids will love it. Let's go. So we decided we'll walk in. We took our seats. So if you've never been to Soren, Soren is an indoor ride. You sit like it's it's like a theater-based ride. So you're sitting in a seat. We sat in the front because there were so many of us. So we took up two rows in the front. <laughs> let's put Carla at the front. So you're sitting in this theater seat. It moves and it rises above the floor. And what it is, is they, they show you this big um, movie. So it looks like a curved um, screen in front of you. And this, the whole theater goes pitch black. They raise the seat up off the ground about six feet. And they show you this movie. And it's like you are, it's supposed to give you the, the, the feeling that you're flying above in the lovely air that you are um, showing you scenes of golf courses and orange groves and you're soaring above that and you're feeling all of this take place. You're, you feel the breeze in your, your face. You feel the spray of the ocean as you ride, glide over the air. Oh my God, it's, it's something else. And then you, you fly over the golf course and you can hear the ball being hit by the golfers as you fly over and yeah, and that's when I thought I was going to fall to my fucking death. I'm going to die. Whose idea was this? This is the worst idea ever. I started to cry. I started to cling to the seat. I thought everybody was going to fall. We're going to die. This is terrible. I, I looked over at one point and there's like, Everybody is in their seat and there's children around me. And I'm looking at the three-year-old thinking she was going to fall out of her seat and die. This is terrible. How would you ever subject a three-year-old to this ride? This is awful. So my daughter is sitting directly beside me and she looked at me and, goes, and she sees I'm crying. I'm like almost hyperventilating. I'm white knuckling on the seat. This fucking ride's still going with wind blowing in my hair. And all I want is to, for it to stop and let me off. And my daughter looks at me and goes, mom, close your eyes. I was like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> like there's no rational thought in my brain whatsoever because your panic just takes, takes over and you can't think. So closing my eyes was a great idea. Or I couldn't close my eyes because the seat was still freaking moving. I couldn't do that. There's wind blowing in my face. I'm getting water sprayed at me. Uh, people are dying here. I can't close my eyes. So finally, the, the ride comes to an end. I, I get lowered onto the ground, my measly little six feet. Once my feet hit the cement, um, I think my brain came back into my head, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm okay. And I look around, and my family is fine. You know, the three-year-old looking at me like I'm totally lost my shit. Like, what is wrong with this lady? Everybody in the theater must have thought I was just gone. And I, and I was, I was, I was totally hysterical. It was the worst, worst ride of my life. And I was only six fucking feet over 
the ground. It was ridiculous. So Bessie continues to mock me at every opportunity of whenever I'm in the air and I have dangly feet and I can't handle it. So fast forward to Jamaica and our ladies trip <laughs> and we go to Jamaica. So we get on the bus off the, you know, off the cruise and we go for our excursion and we get on the little tour bus and we're riding all really excited. Oh, yay, we get to go to Mystic Mountain. Yay, yay. So at no time did anybody in our nine person party ever think that you have to get up the mountain somehow. There, there is a mechanism of you of going from the ground to the top of the mountain. And you know what that mechanism is. It's a fucking ski lift. So we get to the base of the mountain and we're all standing around. And then it just dawned on everybody at the same time. And they all looked at me and went, oh, we have to get her up there. And the only way to do that is on that rickety ski lift that I think is like, made in the 1930s it's held on by one rope and a board strung there for you to sit your ass on and then this little iron bar that goes across it serves no purpose whatsoever i mean come on you're, you're gonna fall people so we get to the bottom and everybody's kind of looking around nobody nobody had thought about this before so i'm thinking oh shit how am I going to do this? So um, luckily, two people decide they're going to sit beside me, uh, Dee and, and Tammy, and they, they sit on either side of me as kind of my buffer zone. So I get in on the ski lift. I'm in the middle between the two, and I'm white-knuckling it on the bar. It's not even left the ground yet, and, and I'm, my, I'm holding on for dear life, and I'm making them hold on. I'm saying, now, everybody hang on because <laughs> you're all going to die if you don't. So we go up. And it starts to ascend, and I I can't close my eyes any close any more tighter than they are. They're just shut so tight, and my hands are gripping the bar, and I'm feeling like I'm gonna slip because that's my big thing. I think I'm gonna slip out of the seat. There's no seat belt. There's no harness. There's nothing keeping you from falling out of that seat or or jumping out of the seat or just sliding. There's nothing but this stupid bar that serves absolutely no purpose whatsoever. So I'm white knuckling it all the way up and I'm looking over and, and I have my eyes shut tight and Dee is trying to be nice and calm and say, oh, Carla, look at the water. It's so pretty. Fuck the water. I don't want to look at the pretty water. I don't want any of that. I want to get up to wherever we're going so that I can have fun because this is not fun. So we get midway up the mountain and I hear this man's voice out of nowhere saying, hey, ladies, are you having fun? And I almost shit my pants. I thought, what the hell is this guy standing up in the middle of a forest in a tree on a little wooden stick yelling at us for? And of course, everybody else thinks it's hilarious. So they all think it's fun and go, woohoo. And they start, you know, and people, I opened my eyes to see why this man was dangling in a tree, you know, several hundred feet above in the air. And then I see in front of me, the assholes in front of me are shaking their ski lift chair. They're just swinging. Like, it's okay. Like, they're not going to fall. They're perfectly fine. And no, no, you're not. You're going to die. Stop tempting death. Stop tempting fate, and stop swinging. You're you're gonna you're gonna 
tip it and it's going to fall and we're all going to die. And so I had to yell at them to stop because then I started to cry when I saw them doing that. People can be such assholes sometimes. So stop swinging the, the swing. Stop it. Stop it. So we get to the top finally. I think it took hours or maybe 15 minutes, but it seemed like hours. And we finally get to the, the top of the mountain and I get my feet onto the ground and I cry for a good five minutes over by myself so as not to embarrass myself totally. And then our next, you know, big thing was going on the bobsled ride. <laughs> the Jamaican bobsled. Now, I don't know if you've ever been Duns River Falls and been on the Jamaican bobsled, but it's a hoot. Like that was that was way more fun than going up a stupid ski lift. That was just horrifying. But going on the bobsled, and it's it's a two-man bobsled. You you sit in the little seat, and I had D with me in front, and you're careening down the edge of a mountain, a hundred kilometers an hour, on a little rickety wooden trail. Seriously, the, it's made out of these little wooden. They look like they're gonna fall apart if you go a little faster. <laughs> And I was perfectly fine with that because my feet were inside and I wasn't dangling midair all willy-nilly like I was in a cocoon of a bobsled. And I felt oddly, I know it's strange, very safe in that, even though, you know, you turned the wrong way and you could probably fall to your death, but that was all right. I was fine with that. So then after that, we make it, we had to go, we finished the bobsled ride and everybody kind of walked around and you got a drink because you could. And then you had to go back down the mountain, back on the ski lift. But I was okay going down for some reason. I was fine going down, not so fine going up. But, you know, I, I kept telling myself, I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. We're going down. So I think my logic in my brain was since we're going down, if I do happen to slip out of the seat, I would only roll. I wouldn't actually plunge to my death. I would just stop, drop, and roll like you do when you're on fire. It's perfectly fine going down a mountain rolling. It's, it's fine. There would be no broken bones that badly. I would survive. That was my thought. No logic there whatsoever at all. Okay, well, that concludes the first episode. We made it. I hope you enjoyed today's wine tale. I'm still not sure why I had such a strong reaction to both of those episodes, but I assure you, Soren remains the least of any future visits from me. And I'm not so sure about Jamaica either, but we'll see how it goes. Until next time, keep smiling and keep the wine flowing. Cheers!